friends, this is Corey. Welcome to episode two of Books and Tea with Curie and Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will share our reading experience and a brief review of the book that we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a warning, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation, there might be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. So, Carrie, what's been going on with you this week? Not a whole lot, just working and reading and trying to get life together for summertime. How about for you? Summertime! I know, it's so nice. It's been so gorgeous out. Yeah. I'm loving it. Me too. Yeah, I just got back into town, and now I have family in town, so it's been kind of crazy. Yeah. So trying to get all our reading done. A lot Ooh. of visitors. <laughs> A lot of visitors. Oh, but I'm glad we were able to make time to do this today. I know. I, I love this. This is my favorite time of the week, I think. Yep. It's been so exciting. Okay. Well, um, now it's time for the tea part of our podcast today. So what are we drinking today, Kiri? So I brought over some Brew La La Tea. It's organic ginger peach green tea. It's sustainable, which both Corey and I find an important part of the food and items that we drink. So I wanted to make sure to support a good company. And I really like the peach flavor. It doesn't make it so that it tastes like green tea, which I actually quite despise. I do not like green tea. So I I'm glad that this has like green tea. <laughs> I'm glad that there's peach and ginger to balance out the green tea flavor. Oh. <laughs> Have you had the Tazo Zen tea? I haven't. That's my favorite. Okay. Maybe is it green tea? It is partially green tea, but oh. it has mint in it and lemongrass. We'll do that one next week okay. because it's one of my all-time favorites. I like it hot and cold. Perfect. What do you think about the tea? I like it. I I don't usually like fruit flavored teas, but peach <laughs> is but but peach is one is one of the few that I normally like. Okay. So I was like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Winning so far today. We're doing a good job. All right. So as a quick recap. Before we get into a regular format of genre exploration, we are going to spend the next two episodes chatting about our initial book recommendations for each other. So, Kiri, it's the moment (laughs) of judgment. Which of my book recommendations do you want to start with? I'm dying to know what you thought. So I'm going to start with Eligible by Curtis Sittenfeld, Field however you say his name. And then... So she actually... Oh, really? I know. Confusing with a name like Curtis. I think it is. We'll have to check that. Okay. We'll Google it later. And also um, Lizzie and Jane. And I have forgotten the author's name... Uh, but we'll link, we'll link it to our, to our show notes. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. And this is kind of a extra book that Corey gave me outside of our first podcast because I gave her four and she was like, well, it's only fair for you to have four as well. So they're both Pride and Prejudice themed. So that's why I'm linking them together. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started. All right. So... I kind of have the random thoughts outlined for each book that I've done as I was reading and I was taking notes. And so for Eligible, these are my random thoughts throughout the book. I don't know how I feel about them having the same exact names as my beloved Pride and Prejudice characters. It's a retelling. I cannot get the actors and actresses from the movie out of my mind when I'm reading this. (laughs) Which which one? Like the... uh... All of them. Like Darcy. Keira Knightley? Yeah, yeah, Keira Knightley, and uh, I don't know his name, but he's really good looking. Oh, Colin Firth. No. 
Yeah. No, that's another one. That's oh. the BBC version. This is the newest one. Oh, you're yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Mr. Bennett is lovely. <laughs> oh, my God. Mrs. Bennett is awful. I know. <laughs> She's horrible. Horrible. And I love Darcy, regardless of him being such a pompous butthole. <laughs> The 21st century spin on things is hilarious. I love paleo diets, and I also think that uh, CrossFit is definitely a cult, but the kind of cult that every single person knows about. (laughs) And I know this is going to have a happy ending, but why am I so upset? (laughs) (laughs) What were you upset about? Well, because, you know, the tragic love story of, like, are they going to end up together? Mm -hmm. And is Jane and uh, Fitzwilliam or Jane and... um, Shoot, what is his name? Oh. It's okay. Bingley, going to end up together. Yeah. And I was like, I know that everybody's going to end up together. Why am I so upset? But it was just like, oh. Maybe because it was a newer version of it. So you kind of got, because yeah, I mean, it has like those weird parallels, Mm -hmm. but it is very much modern day. Yeah. And I liked it because it was modern day. And I thought a little of the pieces were interesting like the whole mary kind of being her family thinking she's gay i was kind of like well i definitely thought mary was different in the actual pride and prejudice and maybe she was gay and that's how she dealt with it by playing the piano and being all somber mm-hmm. um but then uh the youngest one the youngest one dating a trans guy it's <laughs> like wow we are so in the 21st century this is awesome <laughs> Then that's what I liked about it. Yeah. I, I really, because I felt like I knew the Pride and Prejudice story well enough to follow along and get what they were doing. Yeah. But I related to it so much more with the modern day references. Although I do find it funny that you're talking about Pride and Prejudice, considering you have not read Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I've seen the movie. I've practically read the book. It is so different. <laughs> I almost picked up a copy of Pride and Prejudice when I was in Cleveland, when I was at this um, cute little independent bookstore called the Apple Tree Bookstore. So if you're in Cleveland, go check it out. They're super cute. Um, and it had this really cool cover. And then I decided to get one of the books that we're reading later. I thought that was a little more practical. Uh, well, I mean, we might read Pride and Prejudice we later. Might. You never know. You can just have Allie go and buy it for you. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so I enjoyed this book a lot. Um, it was a nice take on modern Pride and Prejudice. And I think the author did a pretty good job of honing in on the characters that Jane Austen had created and kind of keeping them true to themselves, which is why I said Mr. Bennett is lovely and Mrs. Bennett is awful. Because if you've read Pride and Prejudice, you understand how weird and narcissistic and just annoying Mrs. Bennett is. So it came through fully in this book as well, which Mm -hmm. I really hated and enjoyed at the same time. Yes, I disliked her greatly. <laughs> She's so annoying. That and the sister, I'm forgetting her name. Of Liz. Uh, the, the the guy's sister. Um, Mr. Darcy's sister. Oh, Caroline. Oh, yeah. She yeah, she's a, a tool. Mm. She's a tool in Pride and Prejudice mm, as well. I yeah. figured as much. Yeah. 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 So I did pick some random quotes cool. that I thought were really cool in this book that kind of gave a bit of character to each of the people. So I love quotes. Some of my favorite quotes for this book was Mr. Bennett sounded untroubled as he said, everything towards entropy, my dear. It's the second law of thermodynamics, which I just kind of was like, that's very (laughs) true and very Mr. Bennett like. Um, It made me giggle because it's just a very 
I don't know. If you don't know who Mr. Bennett is, then it doesn't make any sense to you. But for somebody who is obsessed with Jane Austen, this is very Mr. Bennett, like in the Jane Austen version, as well as in the Curtis, Curtis Sittenfield version. And then the second quote that I really enjoyed was, and it's a love quote, so I must prepare you. Uh oh. As they faced each other, there was between them such a profusion of vitality that it was hard to know what to do with it. They kept making eye contact, looking away, making eye contact again. At last, surely he was thinking something similar, and she was simply giving voice to the sentiment. She said, want to go to your place and have hate sex? (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing they would have not said that in Jane Austen's time. (laughs) Oh, I don't think that there would be any sort of premarital sex in Jane Austen. (laughs) Well, and that is something to know about this one. There is some racy scenes with a little bit of sex and stuff thrown in. So it's definitely, again, it's a 21st century interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I really liked it. So thank you for suggesting Yay! it. First one down. <laughs> All right. I feel so much better. <gasps> and if you um, have already read this or want to read it, there's a whole um, there's a whole list of books out there. I think it's called The Austin Project. And the, there's all these different modern retellings of all of Jane Austen's books by modern authors. So there's Emma, Northanger Abbey. Um, what's the other one that I'm forgetting? I don't know. I, this Pride and Prejudice. So uh, I haven't read any of the other ones, but I'm sure they're just as fun as this if you kind of like the idea of a modern retelling. Cool. All right. So your second Pride and Prejudice themed book. Let's <laughs> We're on go. a roll already. This is going to be great. So my second book is Lizzie, Lizzie and Jane. And I'm sorry, I don't have the author offhand, but we'll link that to the to the show notes at, on the website. And random thoughts throughout this book were, thank goodness I know how to say their names. <laughs> that food sounds delicious. Oh, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> Goddamn cancer. Mm. Pick the good guy, Lizzie. Why are you such an asshole? Oh, phew, I'm glad you made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> so these are just the random things that I was keeping track of. And the random, very intense emotions that I was having as I was reading these books, which I thought were kind of funny. So I'm going to try and incorporate them to all of my sharing of books. I like it. Um, so I loved this book. It was very Jane Austen inspired. And I loved the complicated relationship between the sisters, which is kind of the opposite of the relationships between Lizzie and Jane in Pride and Prejudice, because in Jane Austen's version, they're very close and they share all the details with each other. And in this version, in Lizzie and Jane, it is like black and white, oranges and apples, like there is no similarity between the two. And they are just at each other's throat all the time with both this feeling of abandonment Mm. is what I would think is that Jane feels abandoned by Lizzie and Lizzie feels abandoned by Jane. And it's just this very complicated sisterly relationship. But probably pretty common in families. Totally. Totally. Probably. I don't know. I don't have a sister. Oh, that's right. You're the only child. <laughs> um, so I did, I did read this book in two days. Oh, it wow. was, it was that good. It kept oh, good. me peaked, very, very intrigued and very emotionally invested in the characters, which nice. we both like in, yeah. in books. And well, they're kind of, both of these are really what I like to call mind candy. Yeah. You know, they don't take a lot of thought. <laughs> they're just entertaining. You take them for what they are. You can certainly find some, you know, deeper meaning in them, but it's really just about 
a good read. Yeah, it's a, escapism. Escapism. Is what, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. We I got like to that. escape our lives and got to read this Jane Austen inspired book. So maybe for people who haven't read Lizzie and Jane, can you give like a three sentence summary of uh, what the story is about? How it's that it's because it's not exactly Pride and Prejudice, right? Yeah. So it's about Lizzie and Jane, obviously, who are sisters, and Jane ends up getting cancer. And Lizzie goes out to Seattle to help her during her chemotherapy and starts cooking. So Lizzie is a chef in New York City, and she's feeling a little burnt out. So she goes, she takes this opportunity to go visit her dad and then go and visit her sister as her sister is going through chemo. And through that visit, they start to learn each other and kind of start airing their dirty laundry with one another, as well mm-hmm. as... Lizzie tries to find foods that Jane can eat because the chemotherapy is making Jane's tongue hurt and things. True story. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it so that she's not enjoying food and is not eating and therefore her white blood count is low and too much information. But it's, you know, this really good foodie type book as well as a sisterly bond of trying to mend the broken relationship between the two of them as well as finding love and everybody loves love so yay love <laughs> love wins love always wins <laughs> love trumps hate amen <laughs> okay yeah I, I like that too and probably so our listeners wouldn't know this about me but um i went through chemotherapy so i think i empathize in that going yep everything tastes like crap <laughs> and yep your mouth hurts <laughs> and yep all of that stuff sucks <laughs> So I think I could relate to that book on a personal level from that piece of it. Yeah. It was a pretty true story of how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now it's my turn. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go in a different direction. Um, As you might remember, Curie recommended two nonfiction memoir-esque type of books for me. And so those are the ones I'm going to talk about today. The first one I'm going to talk about is Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. Curie picked this book for me because I enjoy memoirs and I like to take inspiration from others. And I'd heard a lot of buzz around Big Magic. So I appreciated that you gave me that little nudge to read it. Because if I find the right kind of personal inspiration, self-help type of book... I really get a lot out of it, but I'm not often drawn to them. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that I had to read it. Yeah. Like, like I said, I didn't have to read it. You but could have vetoed it. Be like, I nope. Been, I'm just going to nope. look it on. What is that website people use in college? The Spark cheat notes? notes? Yeah. yeah. You could have just done mm-hmm. that. I could have. It wouldn't have been a I'm though. glad you didn't, though. Yep. No, I loved it. Um, so I took Curie's advice, and I downloaded the audiobook from our library. And that I would recommend in that it was like having a conversation with Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. She's kind of funny, has, and you just, it was like her telling you the story, and it just made it that much more meaningful. However, I did find that I needed to go back and um, check out the actual book from the library because I wasn't really able to take notes and whatnot. Mm, and right. And really dig into what she was saying since I was just listening to it. I'm more visual when it comes to those types of things. So I did a little both and, and I liked the book enough that it's actually on my list of books I'd like to add to my library to kind of keep going back to. Yay! Yep, yep, yep. I'd like Robert to read it. I don't know that I'll get him to do that. Probably not. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. And I think it's just nice because sometimes we forget that famous people are also just people like remove the famous and they Mm -hmm. also have struggles. They also go through dry spells. They have life instances. And I think she really brings that out in this book. Mm -hmm. And 
interesting fact is that she is no longer with her husband and she is now with a woman, her like best friend. And so it'll be interesting to see her next book and how that relationship will influence it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, she like broke the news on Instagram and like the oh. whole world went crazy because if you have read any of her other books of Eat, Pray, Love and Committed, those two books are based, you know, have the have her husband or I guess ex-husband now mm-hmm. in those books as mm-hmm. pivotal parts of her life yeah, and yeah, yeah it's Ooh. Well, and crumbled. she talks quite a bit about him even in Big Magic. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well. Weird timing, but yeah. all right. Again, Love trumps all. Love trumps all. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So just a few overviews so you can know how this book works. The book is broken into topical sections that she calls courage, enchantment, permission, persistence, trust, and divinity. Um, as Carrie just said, she uses a lot of anecdotes from her life as well as stories of other people to illustrate her ideas and her examples. And again, that's definitely the type of you know, personal enrichment, self-help book that I like. Mm -hmm. It makes it more relatable when I can Mm -hmm. see examples of it happening. And I would say really overall, I I felt the whole thing was good, but the very first section, the courage section was the one that really resonated with me personally. Um, I liked one of the first questions within like a few minutes of starting the book. It says, do you have the courage to bring forth the treasures that are hidden within you? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, oh, I'm being a complete nut job right now. And so I really like that for both myself and others. As I mentioned earlier, I work with college students. And often I am talking to them about what are your dreams? You know, mm-hmm. what are your passions? What mm-hmm. are your talents? What are you going to do with your life? Right. And so I felt like this affirmed and gave me some new language, maybe even to use with students a little bit. I could, I could see that being something even to recommend to a student. Yeah. And I think it's important to realize that all of our dreams and what we want to do in life is most likely going to change because nothing is constant. Mm-hmm. Everything is changing. Everything is evolving. And as a college student, I started off at a major that I hated. And then somebody was like, if you don't like it, why are you doing it? And I was like, truth, like good question. Good question. So then I switched to a major that I did enjoy, which was English. And I got to read a lot of books. <laughs> P.S. I feel like I'm in a class. I'm like taking all these diligent notes about all these books. And I'm like, yeah. I have to have the right things to say. <laughs> so I have my little notebook I've been carrying around and I feel very important as I make, make my notes. And <laughs> We're so adult. Yeah. This is all for you listeners. So don't judge. Okay. Um, so moving on, um, Another thing, you know, so so here's just kind of like you did. Here are some things that resonated with me, some themes that jumped out of the book. Um, living a life driven by curiosity instead of fear. Uh, make space and acknowledge fear, but don't let it hold you back. Mm, that's a good one. Um, doing what makes you joyous, happy, and light. Mm-hmm. I also liked um, that she emphasized early on that creative living goes beyond the arts. I think that's actually what hold, held me back on this particular book because – I was like, I'm not artistic. I'm not a painter. I'm not a writer. You know, I don't create things. But we're doing this podcast. This is creative. Mm -hmm. This is a new idea. This Mm -hmm. is us being courageous and trying something completely different. 
And so I, the timing was great, which I don't know if you were thinking about that when you made the recommendation, because I know you had just finished reading I it. I did, yep. Ah, look at you. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be sneaky. Thinking ahead. So yeah, I increased my confidence and was like, yeah, you know, this is this is a fun little hobby to try and we, you know, and just let's see where it goes. And so, yeah, you know, another great quote that stood out to me is a creative life is an amplified life. It's a bigger life, a happier life, an expanded life, and a hell of a lot more interesting life. And again, I think, you know, just even talking about this, but, you know, right before we started recording, we're like, this is so fun. (laughs) And, you know, and I think that's the thing. I was like, as long as it's fun, let's keep doing it. Totally. And Um, as long as you guys are also enjoying it, let's keep doing it. But I guess if you don't enjoy it, that's fine, too. We're going to keep doing it. So you're stuck with us. Yep, this is true. (laughs) So we'll just still have an audience of two. Um, And then, you know, there were some interesting concepts throughout. And, you know, I could go on and on. I took like three pages of notes. But uh, rethinking concepts such as success and failure or winning and losing, what does that really mean? What does that look like? Um, being aware that inspiration come and goes and just be ready and open. There's a really cool story about this uh, relationship she has with Ann Paget, And I don't want to ruin mm, it because it was one of yeah. the coolest things in the book. Yeah. A little kind of mystical out there type of stuff. She sometimes gets into that zone, but um, it was still a really fun story. Yeah. So reading just that part is worth it. Um, creativity is for everyone, not just a chosen few. No negative self-talk. Allow yourself to take risks. I thought she also said, you don't have to create something that changes the world. It doesn't have to be this crazy original new thing. Just make something that is meaningful and important to you. And I was like, yeah, preach sister, not relying on it to pay the bills. And Mm -hmm. I think that was really important. (laughs) I think, you know, we all have this dream that we're going to be rich and famous. And the reality is, is are you doing it because you want money or because it's something that you love? Right. This is a perfect example. We'll certainly, you know, have some affiliate links and whatnot in our podcast, but that's not why we're doing this. Yeah. Um, be persistent. So don't give up and find a good support network. So I thought, and and really, you know, I, I thought that was good advice for just living life in general. So even if you're not taking on a creative endeavor, uh, just whatever you're trying to do well, whether it's your job or school or something like that, those are all things you could adopt. So in summary, <laughs> it's an easy read that you can pick up and put down. Again, you don't have to read it all in one sitting. Um, it's for anyone, I think, who wants to start a new project or who, who feels stuck or stagnant in what they're doing right now, and anyone who thinks creatively in their life or their work. At heart, it's a book about finding and understanding your own creativity and learning how to let the process of being creative happen. And I that's would all agree. I got. Yep, it's a good book. It was good. I'm glad that you liked it. Oh. I was a little nervous because really, in the past, so Corey and I were in a book club before, mm-hmm. and Corey's still in it, but I've left and. There's been a couple of people who have recommended self-help books, and all of us have just kind of been like, oh, god damn, like, I don't want to read this book. But I just figured this one was so applicable to anything that you do. It's not really a self-help book. It's a, like, just start doing it and get Mm -hmm. creative, and you're going to fail, and that's going to be totally okay. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So the other memoir that Curie had me read was um, Cooked by Michael Pollan. I really love Michael Pollan, and this was the perfect push for me to finally pick this one up, which had been kind of somewhere on my radar. Um, I'd already read Omnivore's Dilemma a couple different times, Mm -hmm. and I've skimmed bits of Botany of Desire Mm -hmm. and Second Nature and In Defense of Food. I also learned that there's a new Netflix streaming series for Cooked. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Thank you, Google. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that I out. I know. I totally want to check it out. 
So um, yeah, so this, I went into this knowing that I was probably going to enjoy it. I will say it's a really dense book and I had to keep picking it up and putting it down. Yeah. It probably took me a few weeks to get through it. But again, there, I mean, I took probably two, two and a half pages of notes because there was just so much good stuff in there. In general, what I love about his books, and this one didn't, and this one followed the same way and didn't disappoint, is they're usually experiential and they're research driven. So he is going out there and he learns by doing. So he's having these experiences and he's sharing that with you, Mm -hmm. as well as doing all this really deep and rich research. Mm -hmm. Uh, He links the past and the present together and weaves in, I would say, anthropological and historical context for how we eat, cook, and produce food. Mm And um, he also meets and works with the most interesting people. Yeah. Cheese nun. I know. If you, if I, if you had told me starting this book that I would have been falling in love with a nun that makes cheese, I would have been like, you are off your rocker. And she was so freaking cool. So there you yeah. go. Now you're intrigued and you want to read the book. Do it. But yeah, right? I mean, yeah. he just... Every, Everybody that characters, he interacts with. Yeah. Characters. Yeah. And he just, again, he does such a good job of like describing them and their personalities and what they look like. And you just feel like you get who they are. So yeah, he's just a really good storyteller. So there's a few themes that popped out to me. I'm curious if you saw these when you were reading the book. So the first one was time. That was one of the first things I wrote down. I like put like a big square around it. And I was like, time, because it takes time to prepare good food, to grow it, Mm -hmm. to make it, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. In today's world, we're all about fast and convenient. Yeah, totally. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is about time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also about social. So, again, he spends a lot of time. And I think it comes out in just how he describes people. And he builds these relationships with people. But think about like the section on the brazing, um, mm-hmm. all that time. Yeah. Again, all that time yep. that was spent Takes or a lot of effort or hanging out with the barbecue. Yep. So time with people talking, mm-hmm. getting to know each other. Um, so those were the two things that I think he was, he didn't come out and say those, but those really stood out to me in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, So for the structure, he uses the four elements, which could be a kind of a cheesy type of way to frame a book, but it worked. So the four elements, in case you don't know, are fire, earth, (laughs) water, and air. And he, and sometimes you could, I guess you could argue, are are you really connecting these? But he, he made a good case for it. But he connects them to different types of cooking. So for fire... Big shocker, he talks about barbecue. I'm not talking grilling out in your backyard type of barbecue. Mm-hmm. We're talking slow roasting over low fire for many, many hours type of barbecue that you get in the South. And so he goes to North Carolina for that. And then earth uh, was fermentation, which I was not really looking forward to that chapter. And it was more interesting than I thought it would be from a health standpoint. Mm-hmm. And some of the things I've just been thinking about in my life. And I'm like, crap, do I need to start drinking kombucha? It's oh! so good. It's so good. <gasps> do I need to start eating sauerkraut? Oh, no! it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but he did make a good case for it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I need to start eating all this fermented shit. Um so that is the, to, in a weird way. So that's his earth one because to him, fermenting is about death and decay and decomposition, mm. which is not a good selling, I guess, for fermentation, but it is true. And then um, let's see here. Air. So uh, bread is his focus for air and, you know, talking about the leavening that's needed to make bread work. So adding air into that. And then the last one was water. And that one was around braising. So if you don't know what braising is, that's, again, cooking meat, typically meat with some vegetables, very long, very slow, uh, really about um, breaking down kind of tough cuts of meat and really bringing out the soft 
you know, kind of like a beef stew. Like if you had a really good beef stew where the meat's just falling apart and the veggies are really soft and, you know, that that would be braising. I so. just remember in that section when he's cooking the onions and somebody's like, you have to cook the onions on low. And it takes like... 45 minutes for him to caramelize these onions. I'm like, I do not have time for this stuff. Like, I just want to eat some caramelized onions and I want it right now. So it was definitely, you know, I could almost sense his frustration with Mm -hmm. how much time it was taking him to be like, I have to cook onions on a two for 45 minutes for them to get the right consistency for this French onion soup or whatever it was he was making. I was just like, "I, I hear you, brother. Like, Kudos for you for sticking with that 45-minute onion time. Holy moly. Yeah, I was. I actually had that experience the other day. I was I was wanting to caramelize onions down, and I got impatient. Yeah. And so I turned it up, and then they started getting brown and crispy. And I was like, well, we're just going to go with it. Yep. Yep. But, you know, and that, that's a great lead-in, which we didn't even practice. But one of the quotes that I loved of his is uh, he talks about the three Ps, patience, presence and practice. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was persistence. Oh, yeah, I guess it was presence and practice. Mm-hmm. So again, that patient piece. Um, so again, you know, I mean, I think that's a really important thing to know that to take away from this is that certainly we eat to fuel our bodies, but are we still approaching cooking as this cultural experience? Uh, is it is the process of cooking itself just something that we can do and enjoy instead of just being like, ugh, I gotta cook food so I can eat. And, you know, some people, you know, in either way, you know, you do you. If you just eat for fuel and you don't wanna cook, I, I'm not gonna blame you, but I think there certainly can be some joy and fun that can come mm-hmm. out of preparing a meal, especially with a friend or a partner or something like that. Yeah, I think it's a good time to kind of take it slow after a long day of being at work and doing mm-hmm. the hustle to like come home, prepare a meal together or separately, but really be present in that moment of like slicing the onions finely instead of just randomly chopping them up messily because you're just starving and you want to eat it quickly. I think it's a good practice of being present with what you're doing instead of just thinking about the outcome that's yeah. going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um, I had two other quotes I wanted to share. As, as you can tell, Carrie and I both like quotes. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is related back to the braised chapter, I think. Um, Given heat and time, water softens, blends, balances, harmonizes, and marries. Mm. So I thought that was a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Um, and then this was part of a longer sentence, but I just really love the introduction to it. The baker is a conductor of an intricate symphony. Oh, I like that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I'm a symphony conductor. Yeah. I love it. <gasps> Um, and then I wanted to share a fun fact. I don't know if you remember this, but again, he was focusing on bread and primarily sourdough bread. So he spends a lot of time talking about sourdough starter. And, um, one of the things he shares is that there's a microbe in sourdough that is only found in sourdough. Mm-hmm. It's found nowhere else on anything else in anything else. It is strictly about sourdough bread. Yep. That's why I, so I went through a phase of trying to make the perfect sourdough. And I think I probably wasted 60 pounds of flour trying to get sourdough to be right. It mm-hmm. kept being dense. And I, you know, I was feeding the starter and taking care of it, but there's just something about sourdough. It's just like a magic 
magic bread that only some people can do successfully because I was not able to do it successfully whatsoever. And fun fact is that people who tend to have gluten sensitivities can eat sourdough because of the fermentation process mm. of the sourdough eats all the gluten. So oh, cool. if you do have gluten sensitivities and you want to try mm -hmm. some sourdough, I highly recommend not store-bought sourdough, like go to a bakery where they specialize in bread and get sourdough bread. Nice. Yeah. But again, it inspired me. I was like, we should start a sourdough starter. You <laughs> Don't know? do it. It takes so much time. Oh, I know. Well, and patience. Well, and it's never going to work out. I know. Someone gave us one that was, it was like someone who in Flagstaff, who's been nurturing the sourdough starter. Was for, it Laura? Because she gave me some of her starter that's been in her family for like generations. Yeah. And I killed that shit oh, yeah, so we, fast. We did too. Yeah. We did too. We, we had it for a while. Then we forgot about it. This is why we're not having children. <laughs> True story. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right. So yeah, that was definitely a win for me as well. Two good books. And, you know, again, um, I, I really enjoyed the push to read some nonfiction. I find when I find the right nonfiction, I really enjoy it. But sometimes I get lazy and I want the I want the Lizzie and James of the world because yeah. that's easy. Yep. And it takes you two days to read through it. So yeah. instead of Yeah, I mean, both these books, especially since I was listening to Big Magic, I mean, each of them probably took me about a week or so mm -hmm. um, plus to get through mm -hmm. and again, picking them up and putting them down. But All right. well, worth it. Well, well, that's it for this week. Yay. Yay. We have four wins so far. We've both liked the two books that right. we picked for each other. So we're on a good track. Okay. I'm Let's feeling see good what about next this. week has to hold. Yeah. So next week, thanks, Kiri. We are, so we have one more episode where we are talking about our book recommendations for each other. And then we're going to move into our whole genre selection. And just for a little sneak peek, our first genre that we're going to be talking about is, Kiri, you want to tell us? Short stories. <laughs> So really funny. We uh, so we thought about trying to do this on on the show, but we logistically it just wasn't practical. Um, but we put all of the genres, we wrote them down and put them into a hat, and then we started just pulling them out randomly, uh, literally. That's all we did so that we could figure out how we were going to schedule them. And before we started, Kiri goes, "I hope to God that short stories isn't first. And I would like it to be known that Kiri was doing the drawing. And I wish we had been recording it because she was so pissed. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I hate short stories, guys. So bear with me this next yeah. go around. So, but, you know, it, I think it'll still be a good discussion. And, I'm and sure maybe the books will change my mind. Maybe, Who knows? Maybe, maybe they're maybe, magical maybe. short story books. Maybe. <laughs> well, and you will have to tune in two episodes from now to find out. Hey, book friends, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 